Hello and welcome to the Boncast. As always, I'm Stevie. This episode, I'm joined by Chisai. Say hello. Hello. Do you prefer Chisai236? I don't know. No, just Chisai is fine. Chisai is fine. Are you fine? I'm fine. Could be better than fine. Fine. I'm fantastic then. That's what we want. We want fantastic. And I'm great. And the current score is 6-5 to Pokemon. And this time we'll be discussing the 12th episodes, The Good, The Bad and The Digi, and The Whistle Stop. So this time we are starting with the good, the bad, and the digi. It starts off with the fastest recap ever from Kari, doesn't it? Yeah, that was like, okay. That's like cliff notes. Like cliff notes of cliff notes. <laughs> Honestly, just Kari talks super, super fast throughout that whole recap. Even though practically nothing happened in the last episode. Or at least nothing good. You wouldn't know from the recap, that's for sure. No, it's just like... Tons of digivolving and fighting and stuff and David whining and whining and whining. It's like, we did this, we fought this, we turned into this, turned into that, they turned into this, that, and then this thing happened. And then I guess everything was okay? Yeah, and I think she says that Metal Greymon digivolved into Agumon, which is wrong, because it went down. So well done, Kari. You're like the longest time Digidest in there, and you don't know how Digivolving works. You're only second to TK. And then it goes through the theme song, of course, and after that it starts off with a shot of Bergamon being sort of chased through the sky by a swarm of Airdramon. And Bergamon cries out for help, and somehow Sora hears it from literally a parallel universe, which makes no sense. Nope. I guess it's just like a female bond or something. I mean, Bergamon's not... A person? I I don't know. Just crying out between galaxies. Interdimensional scream. Sora then just bails on the game of tennis she was playing and just says like, yeah, great, I'm gonna go. Bye. How do you feel about Sora playing tennis now instead of football? Because I think it's clear that they've done it just because she's a girl. Yeah, they did make Sora like a lot girlier, which is odd. I don't know if it's them just trying to write away the tomboy part of the character or not. Just because it's harder to write tomboy than it is just typical girl. I mean, you could argue it one way or the other. You could say, like, oh, they didn't want, you know, the girl to be not girly. Or you could also say, like, she's more mature now, so I guess that means you have to be girly now? I don't know. It's weird no matter what, but you could argue that it's, like, her getting older, and then, like, her interests changed or something, but eh. I mean, people do change as they grow up, don't they, so... Still, I think it would be better if she played football still. Yeah. Although I guess as she grows up, she'll find less people to play it with that are in a, her own age group and will play it with girls. She sees that Beamon's in trouble on her Digivice, and then it starts going to all of the new Digidestined. It starts off with Gatomon or Catpunmon, making tons of cat puns in front of the window. I love Catpunmon, even though I hate that Gatomon is not Gatomon anymore. <laughs> all that she is now is cat puns. It's just cat puns. She used to be so cool. I know. I love puns, but it's so conflicting because I don't want them to come from Gatomon because Gatomon was so awesome and now she's not. She literally started off beating every other Digidestined Digimon and now she's just puns coming to a cinema near you. It flashes around between all of the Digikids, which I think is quite cute, actually, because you see just all of the kids with the Digimon um, in training or Patamon, just sort of being lazy in the morning and having a laugh. It's cute to see stuff like that that's just not the usual fight, fight, attack, attack. I do have one question, though. When it flashes to Upamon and Cody, Upamon is, like, doing kendo? How? I didn't notice. How does that work? Upamon doesn't have arms. Does it show that on the screen? It's Upamon with the kendo stick, and, like, it's moving, and just, like, what? He does it with his mind, I assume. Apparently. I just imagine Cody now with duct tape just sticking it to him. Apparently the drill of power, I mean knowledge, is telekinetic. And then they all start receiving messages from Beomon somehow, which makes me wonder, how does Beomon even send a message? Like, can Digimon just do that? That's a good question, and it's never answered. Unless Beomon just has a D-terminal hidden on her somewhere. It's in the back pocket she doesn't have. Telepathy, I don't know. She is literally made out of data, so I suppose you could argue that you don't need to have a device to send a message in the digital world. I suppose that's true. 
It's a lot of hoops to jump through there, though. A lot of hoops they didn't explain, also. Plus, in the first episode, Ty did actually send one from a D-terminal, didn't he? So, unless they couldn't do it without the D-terminal as well, I think it's just not explained how Beamon sent out the message. Unless it could have just been a distress signal, I guess, if that's something they can do. Possibly, but again, it's not really explained that well. All of it's possible, it's just never given a clear answer. Yeah, like, they never really seem to sort of settle on any one idea or one set rule. It just kind of changes to go with the episode. So just deal with it. That's what we have to do. And I think everyone except TK and Kari ends up meeting up at the school. Um, so that's Sora, Davis, Yoli, and Cody. I like, by the way, how quickly they give up on, like, finding TK and Kari. They're just like, oh well, they're arguably our strongest members, but eh, who needs them? <laughs> I mean, at this point, Davis has two Armitage Evolutions. Yoli and Cody have one each, and then TK and Kari have one each as well. And Katamon's a champion, technically. Yeah, Katamon's a champion. TK and Kari are the most experienced. And, well, Sora's also experienced, but Sora doesn't have her Digimon, so she kind of doesn't count. But still, it's they just gave up really fast on that. It's like, eh. Eh, we don't need them. The truth is, honestly, TK and Kari are just exposition characters now. Um, so since they're not coming along, you can kind of guess it's going to be a filler episode with not much happening. <laughs> That's true. So they all head off to the digital world. I don't think it does the ooh-ay-oh, oh or did I just forget that? I think it does. Knowing how much they like to fill for time in the episodes, they almost definitely did that. <laughs> I just missed it. So they end up in like a desert straight away, isn't it? Uh, yes. They're looking for a spire to knock down with one of the older kids, which is just another typical filler episode template there. And first thing they hear, I think, is piano music. And I like piano, so piano music's good. Fits in nicely with the whole Wild West thing that goes on this episode. Yeah, the little player piano. It plays itself as well, which is cool, because knowing the digital world, that's probably not like some trick piano, it's just a normal piano that happens to play itself. Everything's just all weird and wacky. And they walk into the bar and Starmon's there. Starmon's a star. Who's a mon? Starmon. There you go. What a surprise. I want you to look at this Digimon and tell me what you think its name is. You're probably right. Do you like Starmon? I like Starmon. Yeah, Starmon's cool. It's pretty neat. And I liked the whole sort of weird, slightly unnerving Western bartender thing he had going on as well. Although it is kind of oddly phrased. Well, I guess that's just zero to in a nutshell, though. Oh, badly written. <laughs> yeah, awkwardly, badly, disappointingly written. But I still like Starman. And I like his, his whole Western thing that he's got going on as well. I think he's a good Digimon to introduce at the start of this episode. <laughs> hey! <laughs> There we go. We have a pun. We have lift off. So, Starmon just, like, entertains the kids for a while. There's a bit of back and forth. It's explained that Beomon is wanted by the Digimon Emperor. To which the kids just go like, Oh, we're friends with that wanted Digimon. Have you seen her? <laughs> yeah, that's how to act inconspicuous. Even if Starmon was a good character, that doesn't really work out. Because you're basically saying, Yeah, we're uh, in cahoots with this terrible wanted person. <laughs> I do actually love how the wanted posters of Beomon are just Beomon, but with a sharp tooth coming out of the beak. It is kind of funny how they made this unique picture of Beomon. Also, that could be any Beomon, which is interesting. <laughs> do wanted posters really work in the digital world? I don't think they do. It's a good point. Just like, if most of that Yokomon village from Series 1's Digivolved, that's a lot of criminals out there right now. Plus, I didn't even question the fact that there's a hologram wall that can display anything, basically. It's just like, you have to accept everything in the digital world as sort of like, yep, yeah, that's normal. So, Starman, of course, reveals himself to be a villain. He's got a dark ring hidden under the hat. The welcome milk was all a ruse. So the kids all run away because they're just like, oh, we don't need to fight him, just run away. He's evil. And Starmon chases after them using his meteor shower attack, which manages to knock them all over, but not hurt them at all. Because convenience? Can't actually hurt the kids. Just gotta inconvenience them real bad. It's more like meteor love tap. Pretty much. So Starmon captures them all and chucks them all into their prison cell, along with Beomon, who was captured by Starmon already. I don't know why he didn't just capture them all straight away, honestly, after they said, we're with Beomon. Also, when it shows Beomon, like, it's revealed that she's in the cell, that's a really creepy shot of Beomon. Is that the close-up where she's like, Sora? Yeah, she looks dead. It's so creepy looking. She has tears in her eyes, she's all beaten up, her eyes are really dull, there's like this dark shadow, it's, it's creepy. She's not looking well. It also looks surprisingly well animated for Zero Two. 
that shot's hardly animated at all. It's just like a close-up of the face. You know what I mean, like, drawn. There's actual, some sort of detail in there. So yeah, they all find Beomon. Beomon was hurt by Meteor Shower, even though no one else was. So I guess Beomon's just the weakest of them all. And because they need to fill for time, they can't bust out with Digmon just yet, because... Convenience! Plot convenience. Ta-da! But then my favourite Digimon in the whole episode turns up, and that's Deputymon, just because he has the best voice ever. We're gonna get into some shenanigans now. Deputy Man just, he has the best voice. I can't even impersonate it because I wouldn't do it justice. But it is the best. It's just like, sort of, Western Etamon. So I guess, by extension, it's just Western Elvis. Which is just awesome. The only problem with Deputy Man is that he does turn out to be sexist, basically. He releases everyone except for the boys, because he wants to play cards, and men always cheat. There's a sexist talking gun in Digimon, and I can't even begin to explain that. He's a literal gun. <laughs> but it's just like, men cheat at cards and everything else as well, I assume. That's what he goes with. So he runs off with the ladies, basically, to play cards with them. And there's a few good chokes as well, just while they're playing cards, basically. Just like, do you know how to cheat? Just like, yeah, I'll show you how to do it. Just like, yep, they cheat as well. So Starmon comes back to the Hooskow, whatever we decided to call it. Sees that all the women are gone. <laughs> and Cody and Dave's just like, Deputy Mon took all the girls, because boys cheat at cards. <laughs> I love how upset they look about that. It's like, yeah... He left, because I guess we'll cheat. Uh, but my favourite thing in this as well is that Starmon has a packed lunch just with the Digimon Emperor's face on it. Yes, I love that. It's so cute. It is so cute. I bet Wormmon made it. I was going to say, it has to be Wormmon, because the, the Emperor wouldn't have made the box lunch. So either Starmon made it himself to make him feel better, or Wormmon made it. And I, my best guess is that Wormmon made it, which is still adorable. Because I just imagine Wormmon made the picture and everything and just wrapped it up for Starmon. I like to imagine Wormmon's making patch lunches for the whole of the Emperor's army. I just want to see Wormmon with like a little cook's hat and an apron now, making the little lunches. Poor Wormmon doesn't have any hands, though. Oh, he doesn't need hands to make sandwiches. He can just put it together with his mouth. And then not tell anyone that he put it together with his mouth. No, he'd probably admit it, just be like, it's kind of a health and safety concern, but here's a lunchbox anyway. So I think then Starmon just rushes off, doesn't he, after getting out his lunch to find the other girls. To which Armadillamon goes, yay, food. So they get a rope and they make a noose. The funny thing too is Armadillamon eats most of the rope. And then they're like, cool, we got the sandwiches. Like, does the rope not qualify as food? Guess it's not a good source of carbs. But do Digimon need carbs? They're not human. They're not organic. So carbs aren't a thing, really, are they? Plus, the whole world is made of data. Wait, wait, wait. By that logic, yeah, Digimon could just eat whatever the heck they wanted. It'd be just like, yeah, I got data. That's all that matters. I mean, I suppose the data has to be set so you can tutor it. That's the only thing. But rope should still do it then. <laughs> I mean, regardless of if it, like, works or not, Armadillamon did eat most of the rope. Because Cody says, pretend that it's pasta. And then Armadillamon eats it, and then they're all free. And then they just use the last little bit to rope the lunchboxes. Yeah, and then Vmon has some as well, just because he's hungry too. And it was at this point when Starmon and Deputymon uh, are facing off against each other. And I noticed that Starmon's legs are entirely made out of belts. Did you notice that? I did. <laughs> it's just belts all the way up. All of it. Not even, like, sleeves or anything. It's just all belts. Entirely. Just, like, how long does it take to buckle those in the morning? What does it look like underneath all the belts? That's a good question. I don't think we'll ever know. Maybe it's just, like, human legs. That would be odd. That's Digimon, though, in a nutshell, is odd. They're all very odd. Starmon exists. I mean, that's not odd. It's just lazy. They didn't do just a star. It's not, like, twinkle, twinkle, little star. They did at least change it up a bit and make it westerny. It's pretty odd. You figure it's a star with arms and legs and boots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of belts. Tons of belts all the way up. All of the belts. Does it carry pistols as well? Starmon, no. The one that carries pistols is the one that doesn't need pistols because it is a pistol. <laughs> it's a revolver with revolvers. <laughs> so with Deputy Man and Starmon's showdown, it's a lot of back and forth and making jokes, isn't it, really? They're going to do a duel, like, pistols at dawn, but Starmon tries to cheat, and then Deputy Mon already cheated, and then they kind of, like, have a face-off. And then Starmon just goes, 
with the meteor shower and beats Deputy Mon really easily. And Yoli and Sora just make quips at the sidelines. Yeah, of like, we don't know who's supposed to win and we don't really care either. So then the whole actual fight starts happening because Beomon doesn't digivolve because there's still a spire up and neither does Hawkmon. The girls basically do nothing this whole episode as far as I remember. Yep. Absolutely nothing. Kari is one of the only girls is absent for the most of the whole episode. So that says a lot there already. And Kari and TK never find out about this either. No, they don't. Which is interesting. I don't think it's ever mentioned again this episode. So this is uh, jumping ahead a bit, but TK and Kari never find out about this. And that's super irresponsible. You would think when you know, like... Stuff is going down in a parallel world. You would you would be more careful to keep like your devices on you and checking them constantly. And yeah, but I mean, you can justify it with TK wanting a lion because everyone needs a lion sometimes. But Kari just like going off to the fish market with Gatamon. She should have checked her phone or whatever it is. I guess that's true. TK and Patamon were asleep, so that's a little better. But yeah, Kari should have tried. Please, Kari, just try. Or don't try. Try was kind of bad. Okay. <laughs> I had that same idea and I didn't do it because I knew it was bad. <laughs> I'll take the bullet for that joke. <laughs> Speaking of bullets, let's get back on track here. So Deputy Mon just gets defeated really easily and then Starmon starts attacking the girls, but Davis and Rangermon turn up because they escaped using Digmon and Rangermon just gets defeated like straight away because Ragermon's pretty rubbish. The other interesting thing is, like, I think Ragermon just kind of charges Starmon. Starmon uses Meteor Shower, and then for some reason, Ragermon drops from, like, 100 feet in the air. That was some jump. So this is basically an excuse to get Vmon to Digivolve a second time so they can use more filler footage from the Digivolving. And I think I noticed as well that the lip syncing seems to be really off when it comes to the, the bit where David goes, Digi-Armor Energize! Yeah, that part's always, like, really, really badly lip-synced. I can't really convey it through audio, sadly, but it's just really out of sync, and it's slightly annoying. So Vmon digivolves to Flamedramon. This is the third digivolution we've had this episode. And they're all super important. All of them. Every single one. We get a digivolution for Digimon just so we can dig once. Does he even attack Starmon? I can't remember if he's still Digmon, but I know all Digmon does is get them out of the Huskow. That's it. Yeah, I don't even remember how Flamedramon defeated Starmon. It was probably just Fire Rocket, wasn't it? Just no plan, firepower, boom boom. Boom boom. It played Let's Kick It Up, so that distracted me from the actual fight. Because it's a good song, I was just like, yay, let's kick it up. And they'd basically defeat Starmon just with, like, I think it's either one or two attacks, with one of the attacks sending him into the Spire that they didn't even see. So that was lucky. The spire was hidden in sort of the middle of a digi graveyard, I guess. Yes, which that's appropriate. Yeah, that raises a lot of questions. Just like, are they for decoration or are there actually Digimon buried under there? That's a good question. Wait, 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 because Digimon reincarnate. Wait, what? Why is there a graveyard? Yeah, that's why it's slightly weird that it's there. Huh, that's a question. It's, I guess, just more Digiworld weirdness. I guess you could argue it's for aesthetic. It's like maybe Starmon set it up to mourn all of the, the milk. There's lots of milk. We never see any... Ca- Wait, what does the milk come from? That's what I was just about to ask too. Where does the milk come from? He says it's moo juice, which is gross already. But what does moo juice come from? I don't want to know, honestly. I don't want to know. There is, like, bold Digimon. Is there a cow Digimon? I feel like there must be, right? A cow? There must be a cow. I'm looking up cow Digimon. What is the mill tank of Digimon? I don't think there's a mill tank. It's only come back with Minotaurimon. Right? There's a goat. It's kind of big. There is a, definitely a goat. Ah, there's Oryxmon. Yeah. What level is Oryxmon? Isn't it an armor? He's an armor Digimon. What does he digivolve from? Gatomon. With Digi-Egg of Hope. That's where Gatomon was this episode. Oh no! <laughs> I've lost complete track of what was going on now. Oh yeah, so they defeated Starmon and the Dark Ring broke, the Dark Spire broke, they saved the day. Hooray! And then I guess they go home. And that's kind of it. As far as I remember anyway. And yeah, I guess, I guess we can do the ending bit. So who was your standout character? Uh, I mean, I guess Deputy Mon... Just because of how random and weird it was. Mine was Deputy Mon as well, because I just loved his voice. And apart from being sexist, he was pretty funny. 
Yeah, it's it's just sentient gun with a thing for girls, and I have no idea where to even start to process that level of odd and weird. So, sure, Deputy Mon. Yeah, and we forgot to say that he does just strip naked at one point to prove he doesn't have a dark ring. That's true. Can he take off the gun? Well, the gun wasn't in the pile, so no. Does he look like Mickey Mouse just with a gun for a torso? I guess? I hope so. I definitely hope it's nothing else down there. Maybe he just has a little gun. Moving on, moving on, moving on. <laughs> what was your favourite thing this episode? The packed lunch. Honestly, that's the best thing in this episode. I picked exactly the same thing. Just the cute little packed lunch that Mormon probably packed for Starmon. It's so cute and out of place and kind of unexplainable. But that's the best thing about it. And was this episode filler or not filler? I mean, it's filler, but there's also the Emperor working on the spiral in the background. Like... <laughs> Eh, I guess it's filler, but there technically was, like, a little bit of something going on-ish. I wouldn't count, personally, a spiral getting slightly longer as making it not filler. Alright, it's filler. I imagine the next episode will just have him with the thing ready. Or, like, basically getting it ready. So this in-between bit where he doesn't really do much to actually progress the design or anything. It's just kind of, meh. I'm evil, look at my screen where it's doing this thing. That doesn't make it not filler, as far as I'm concerned. So, what's your overall thoughts? So, I'm gonna be real here. The start of this episode wasn't great. <laughs> I'm kidding. The episode was okay. It was filler, pretty much, but it was it was funny, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, it had its funny moments. I mean, it's definitely sort of a throwaway episode. But I did enjoy it quite a lot. I liked the Western setting as well, that was cool. I don't think we've really had a Western episode in Digimon before this. So that was nice, it was new. And it's definitely full of Digiworld weirdness. Yes, a lot. Also Patamon sleeping, which is adorable. Oh, yeah, the little bubble. So cute. Plus, as, as much as I don't like the fact that the kids just sort of go home at the end of the day, it's fun to see the in-training Digimon every episode, because they're just, like, the cutest and the most adorable Digimon there are. <laughs> the little babies, yeah. The babas are the best. Babus, yes. Let's move on to Pokemon, which was the whistle stop. Pokemon, don't stop! And as always, it starts off with the narrator saying, they're traveling. It made me think of, there's a Beatles song that would just, I think it's a Beatles song, which just goes, the road is long. It goes on for 50 episodes. <laughs> yep. It is just every episode. It's they're going to the Johto League on the journey. How many episodes does it take to get to the next city? We'll find out. Find out next time where they may or may not have made it. But at least it jumps right in with Team Rocket, which is always a good way to start. Immediately with Team Rocket. I mean, we've not heard your opinions of Team Rocket before on the show, have we? So what do you think of Team Rocket? I love Team Rocket. Team Rocket's great. They're very ineffective as villains, but they're great and I love them so much. They're still amazing and funny. You can stay. I've earned my keep. So Team Rocket's already got an evil plan underway. Literally underway. <laughs> Literally under the bridgeway. And it has like a sort of scrapbook animation bit, doesn't it, while they're explaining the plan? Yeah, like a little coloring, kids coloring kind of animation thingy. Yeah, it's quite nicely animated as well, because it's in its scribbly drawings. Yeah, it's cute. It's stylized. Yeah, it's good. Makes a nice change to just the, the usual anime. I will say, though, that that plan was not thought out well at all. So what ends up happening is, like, the bridge collapses, because they set the cage underneath it. And it's their weight that ends up, like, breaking the bridge down, because, you know, like, them pulling the whole thing just collapses. What did they think was going to happen when they got Ash, Missy, and Brock in there? Like, did they not stress test that thing, or? They don't do trial runs, because there's nothing to trial run it on. I mean, I guess they could try it with... Like, Arbok and Coughing. Yeah. Although Coughing floats. They've got Licky Tongue. Licky Tongues might be a bit too fat. Yes. Although Arbok is a giant snake, so he's probably too large as well. Yes. I think both of those Pokemon are pretty heavy. I think all the Pokemon are pretty heavy, apart from Weezing. So they then have the best fourth wall breaking line ever, where Meowth just says, We usually don't wash out this early in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. I love when they break the fourth wall. Yeah, I love that Team Rocket just does that all the time. They didn't used to do that. There was like sort of 30 episodes in or something. They made a reference to like being halfway through the episode or something. And then since then, I've noticed it more and more. Are you sure? Yeah, like I don't think it's something they've done that often. Like up until more recent episodes anyway, where I've noticed it more. 
and Ash and Co. just find the bridge is gone. They don't question why it's gone, it's just gone. It's like, what do we do now? I mean, to be fair, in a world with these giant, weird monsters running all over the place, I don't think a bridge being out is that weird, honestly. They need more bridges, though. There's only one bridge for ten miles, and there aren't any roads or anything. Even though Gary has a car, there's very few roads. Yeah, how does that work? It doesn't. Gary just has a car because he's Gary Oak, and he's the coolest. So then the character of the episode comes along with the Pokemon of the episode. Just like being carried along by Ladybird, which is honestly cool, and I want that. Yes, that's great. So Brock pulls out his binoculars, sees it's a girl, and immediately swoons over her, because that's what Brock does. He says that this girl is his type, and it's obvious that every girl is his type anyway. I'm very upset that there wasn't a pun made about a lady being carried in by Ladybug. There's a joke in there somewhere. There must be. I'm upset that they didn't go for it, especially with Brock. And... Yeah, they just sort of talk with her, find out she's called, was it Ariel? It's like Ariel? I think it's Ariel, yeah. Kind of like the Disney princess, but with less fins. And Ariel then flies them all over the bridge because she's there to help them on the way. And then they keep walking. No, they don't. That's not it. They have to hang around longer for the rest of the episode. So they're just like, what do the ladybird do? And she's like, they do this. And whistles, because she has a whistle. So do you, right in the background. Yep. All of the Ladybird, upon her command, start pollinating this apple orchard that they have. And she just shows off that she can basically whistle at them and they do what she says. And they're all just like, wow, they can pollinate. Yep, and Ash doesn't know what pollinating is. <laughs> no, because it's got more than one syllable. He forgets his own surname because it's too long. He still can't remember it. I'm Ash Ketch. Ketch, what? Um, Ketch, um... Uh, what's, what comes after Catch? And in my opinion, I do quite like when they show these bits with Pokemon doing things that aren't just battling in the world. Yeah, I think that's really cool. It's nice. It's it's pointless, but it is sort of interesting. It's good world building. Yeah, it's like more of a real world application of like what it would be like if you had these things around. Yeah, just like not everyone trains Pokemon to fight. Also, this scene does have Professor Brock, where it's just like Brock in a lab suit explaining something, which I like a lot. And it was also during this scene that I guessed that someone would steal the whistle. I didn't guess that it would be Team Rocket because I was hoping it would be something more, more new. But it was Team Rocket, of course, that stole it in the end. I also love that they got all dressed up just to run up, make this excuse of why they needed to touch the whistle, and then just ran off with it anyways. <laughs> like, you could have just ran up to her, grabbed it, and left if that's what you were gonna do. Yeah, but this way they can confuse Ash and Co, and then just leave them dazed as they walk away. Except they don't walk away because the Team Rocket, they rip off the disguises and do the Team motto at them. Exactly, yeah! <laughs> They, they never run away. They always stand around and pawn the show. They can't help it. Uh, it's more fun. I do like the whole antique show front that they do as well, because that's really funny. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Like, what was their thought process exactly? <laughs> I also love how Jessie just, like, has her hair out, but then just a fake moustache. So then they have the whistle, and they get in the balloon to try and get away. I guess the balloon was hidden in plain sight while they were doing the whole antique show. Yes. But when they tried whistling at the ladybird to try and get them to come along, it doesn't work. Oh, what a shock. They're just sort of floating slightly above the edge, like, haha, you can't touch us, we're going to whistle at your bugs. So they whistle at the bugs, but it doesn't work because they don't like the tune, the whistling, I guess, or the pitch of the whistle. So plan B, they send out Licky Tongue to confuse everyone with Supersonic. Okay, so logic. Licky Tongue weighs like 150 pounds and is sitting on a hot air balloon, and I just can't even... <laughs> The balloon doesn't even, like, compress slightly to suggest it's sitting on it, does it? No. It's just kind of, like, on top. Yep. There's a lot of a lot of hot air in that balloon. Also, this is when they have the best joke as well from James, so it's just like, I guess we blew it. <laughs> yes. There's just countless puns and jokes from Team Rocket. They're all the best. So many Rocket puns, yes. And honestly, I don't think I've seen Lickitung before this episode that I can remember, apart from when they were captured, of course. Oh, that's interesting. That could just be my memory failing me, because... Every episode of Pokemon's pretty forgettable, but I don't think Lickitung comes out very much. Huh, okay. Yeah, Pokemon's a little hard with plot coherency because a lot of it's just filler between the few plot points that need to be there. A lot of it just sort of goes straight over your head because you don't need to remember it anyway. So they confuse the Ladybird and the Ladybird fly away and they fly away in the balloon as well. And they've got the whistle, but they haven't got the bugs. The bugs have just disappeared. 
because they were confused. They, they all just flew away in exactly the same direction. So this is when we get one of the most common things that happens in Pokemon, which is just everyone walking around very close together, shouting out a Pokemon's name. And they don't even have unique names. It's just the Ladybug. Just Ladybug. 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 Pikachu. Because Pikachu can't say Ladybug, it just says Pikachu. I would like it if like a random Ladybug showed up and was just like, huh? I prefer if a random Pikachu just turned up. So Brock has an idea, always a good sign, and he sends out Zubat to try and find the other Ladybug because it knows Supersonic as well. So it thinks that it will resonate somehow and find them. It of course does not work because they need to fill the episode some more and instead brings back just like a ton of gall bats. Yeah, the absolute gall of those bats to ruin their plan, <laughs> really. Just give me a sec to recover. <laughs> okay, so then Ash has an idea as well, which is always... A good sign. Whenever Ash and Co, any of them have good ideas, it's a good sign. So Ash's idea is to send out Heracross, because Heracross can find um, the smell of Ladybug. Well, they wanted Heracross to find flowers, because they were like, Ladybug will be attracted to flowers, so Heracross can find flowers, right? Yeah, in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> it's a forest, Ash. There's lots of flowers. Yes. And Heracross doesn't even find flowers. Heracross just finds another tree. <laughs> This is actually the second time that we see Heracross, isn't it? This episode, yeah. Both times Heracross just eats a tree, because that's all Heracross does. There's this thing with Ash's Pokemon where they just become one-note jokes, and that's what Heracross's joke is, is they do that. Like, Misty's Psyduck has the same thing, where the joke is it doesn't follow Misty's instructions. And then there's, like, those primates that belong to Ash that was just, I think, punched Ash every time or something. Yeah, it just kept thrashing him. Yeah, it wasn't happy. You get a lot of Pokemon that don't have personality that just become a one-note joke after they've been captured. Pretty much. Which is kind of a shame, because I liked Heracross in the Heracross episode, because he was quite timid, which was interesting for a Pokemon. Heracross was nice. He was, and now he's just like, nom, nom, nom. I eat trees. You can't beat this beetle in cute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But this next bit is so good because we see Team Rocket and they're actually fixing the balloon because it was popped. Yes, they're sewing it. They must have done that like a hundred times. It must be like 90% patchwork at this point. (laughs) On the balloon, yeah. Entirely out of stitches. That would have been a fun detail if they had like, through the course of the season, made the balloon more and more tattered looking or more patched up. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, it would be harder to animate, but it would be so worth it. For every episode it gets blasted off, they just have, like, another patch that they add on somewhere. <laughs> Until it's just, like, unrecognisable. It's just sort of a, a Meowth-shaped blob of coloured patches. <laughs> and then Team Rocket just, they sort of have the banter on the back and forth that they like to have. And Meowth starts messing around with the whistle as well and giving it a go. And manages to sort of snake charm Arbok. Which, I guess, works. It's, it's kind of a flute, I guess. That's the idea they're going for, is it's like a snake charm thing. Yeah, so Meowth basically becomes a Pokemon trainer for this episode, and the bosses are back around. Which is just quite interesting, honestly, because you don't get Pokemon telling Pokemon what to do most of the time. Well, I guess it doesn't matter that Meowth can talk, because Pokemon could tell each other either way. Wait, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, Meowth does speak Pokemon, because Pokemon has a language that's just Pokemon talk. That Meowth seems to understand and speaks in English. But they basically just do that and play around a bit. And Meowth sends Arbok after the Ladybird, who are fortunately like really close by, just sort of napping. They headed off in completely separate directions and still ended up like 10 meters away from each other. They were scared. They huddled up together. Oh, I was talking about Team Rocket and Ladybird going in completely different directions. Yeah, there's that too. And then they basically all grab onto the Ladybird and start getting pulled along by them. Cut back to Ash and Co and Ariel. And Ariel just starts having a panic attack thinking about not finding Ladybird. Or the Ladybird not listening to her when she whistles and stuff like that. And they play sad piano music to make you feel sad. With the flashbacks and everything. of Just like, oh, she raised them and now they're gone. Can we talk about how cute the baby ladybugs are? With the big eyes? That is true, though. They're so cute. They are cute. So cute. Does the flashback only have two scenes, by the way? I think so. It's her on the fence whistling at them and then her, like, lying down with them, I think. I think it's, like, in the rain or something at night time. There might be three. So there's, like, one sort of, like, sunset on the fence and then night time just underneath a tree. 
And she's just like, oh, I'm so happy with my ladybug hog. So that basically says she loves her ladybug and she'll be sad if they don't listen to her anymore. Right, which, yeah, understandable. It's kind of pointless because you know that you're not going to see this character again, so it's hard to get invested in her and her, her struggles. Also very true. Then Ash decides to send Pikachu out because Pikachu senses something, which is like my favourite thing whenever Pikachu senses something. <laughs> it's just like, what is Pikachu sense? What does Pikachu sense? Sometimes I wonder why Ash even bothers with any of his other Pokemon. It's like, just use Pikachu for everything. A lot of the time, Ash's messages or talking is just saying what Pikachu's doing for exposition. Like, Pikachu senses something. Yay. Thanks for that, Ash. So they all went off to follow Pikachu. It was at this point that I thought the plural of any Pokemon's name is exactly the same. Yeah. So, like, there's no Pikachus or Pikachai. It's just Pikachu. No matter how many Pikachu you have. And it's the same with Ladybird and, like, Kabuto or Growlithe is always... The plural is exactly the same. Yeah, look at this Pikachu. Look at those Pikachu. Yeah, exactly. It's like fish and fish. Yes. Which is... It's kind of weird to think about that. Mewtwo. Mewtwo. Is a two Mewtwo? There are two Mewtwo's. <laughs> I know there's grammar logic to it, but I don't know what it is or why it is. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Because, like, you say cats and dogs. Then you just say Pikachu and Pikachu. I mean, we could just start adding S onto the end of everything. So, like, Ladybird and Ladybuzz. Ladybuzz. I mean, it works for a lot of Pokemon, but then there's, like, Kabutops, which would still be Kabutops. Be Kabutopses. Kabutops. Where were we? They find the Ladybird dragging along Team Rocket behind them. And Arbok manages to tie up all the Ladybird and hold them to a tree. And then they do a fight. Yes. The fight with the Pokies. Ariel takes care of most of it, doesn't she? Because she manages to tell the Ladybird what to do in the battle. Well, so it's funny because, yeah, it's like, it's supposed to be a bonding moment of Ariel's like, telling her Ladybird to like, do it and they'll listen to you. And then it's like, once the Ladybird listen, then everyone's like, okay, let's send out our Pokemon and fight. And it's like, you could have done that the whole time. Because I know Ash sends out Bulbasaur, but it's like afterwards, it's like, well, if you could send out a Pokemon the whole time, why were you just sitting in the net? Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that Ash and Co. just get put in the net. And they actually get Pokemon moves used on them. So they get Victory Bell tackling them and Lickitung using Stomp right on the heads. Yes, and it's like they don't fight back. Why don't you guys fight back? Because they're in a net. But they can use Pokemon through the net, apparently, and they don't. The net is entirely disempowering. You cannot do anything as soon as there's a net on you. It's disempowering while it's convenient, because it does work later. I mean, they could always just lift up the net. It was just sort of shot into the air and then fell. With all of them together, they could probably hoist it up. It's only dirt. It's not going to be secure in the dirt. If anything, you could just pick up a few of the spikes and crawl out. Or just, like, send out Onyx, who would just sort of explode out of the Pokeball and rip open the whole net. Probably crush all of them as well, but they would be out of the net. Because, again, Pokeballs can still be used inside of the net. So Team Rocket blasts off again. It's like the third time this episode. They're having a blast. I don't actually have much notes for the end of the episode because I got very distracted by one thing that I'll mention at the end. But they walk off into the sunset as usual and she's there with a whistle and just like, I can tell them what to do without my whistle as well now. It's probably a lot less efficient in all honesty because <laughs> she has to do full instructions instead of just one whistle. Well, she was doing both. So I guess, because she was saying like the full long command and then whistling, so I guess it's somewhat more convenient not to use the whistle. She was kind of doing it all with just the whistle before though anyway. I guess it's kind of just in case she loses the whistle again, so she's not relying on it. True, true. But yeah, Ash and Co. walk off into the sunset to the next filler episode. And yeah, I was just kind of distracted through the whole end of that. Because the ladybird say goodbye, and they're all just going, bee, bee, bee. And that made me laugh, because I just imagined, like, one guy in a recording booth just going, bee, over and over. Bee, bee, bee. There must be an amazingly hilarious blooper reel 
somewhere of people doing the Pokemon voices. There must be. There's no way that people could keep a straight face doing all of those. There's no way. It would be even better if there's just like six of them all just going bee <laughs> at different pitches together. I would love that so much. Just a room full of fully grown adults just all going bee. That was why I was so distracted throughout the whole end of the episode. And the basic moral of this episode is care for your Pokemon, which is the usual moral. We've had that one plenty times. And that's the episode. So who or what was your standout character? I'll say Ariel, because I do like the unique kind of, not a competitive trainer, just someone who kind of, you know, just raised their Pokemon to serve a job, basically. Like a farm animal, kind of. You know what I mean. Like just a companion kind of trained animal sort of thing. So like a sheepdog. Yes. Except for plant growing. Yes, yeah, they're just made to pollinate orchards, which is a smart idea because orchards are big. I mean, do they not have bees? There's only beedrill, and beedrills are wasps. Well, there's com- well, combi don't exist yet. Hmm. I mean, they do exist, just in a different region. Johto doesn't have bees, except for beedrill. I guess not. That's a good question, actually. How does the ecosystem of this world work? Oh my gosh. Let's sit here for five hours and work it out together. I mean, I guess you could argue, like, just different animals fill that role. So, like, the ladybug do the pollinating kind of thing. Then, if they do it naturally, why do you need to train them to do it? I mean, that's kind of like people actually buy ladybugs to put in their garden, even though ladybugs exist. Yeah, my standout character is just the ladybug, because they're cool, and they all go, Bee! 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 And what was your favorite thing? The itty-bitty, adorable baby ladybugs at the flashback. The baby bear. Yes, the baby bear. They're so round. They're <laughs> so cute. Very round and adorable. And the six of them, which makes it cuter. Yes, a little grouping of adorable ladybugs. And my favourite thing was just that fourth wall breaking line right at the start of the episode. Just, we don't usually wash out this early in the episode. It was so funny. Yeah, that's great. But was this episode filler or not filler? It was filler. There was no point to it at all. Is it? If you want to make an argument, go for it, but... They don't capture a Pokemon, they don't evolve a Pokemon, they don't develop as characters, they don't do anything. They cross a river, but they can do that off-screen anytime, so it's filler. But they met a nice lady with Ladybuzz. That makes it not filler, right? They've met plenty of nice ladies, and Brock hasn't managed to get any of them to tag along with him. That's true. Uh, what are your overall thoughts of this episode? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was it was cute. I mean, it's filler, but it was nice, and it was adorable, and it had pretty cute bugs in it, so that's nice. It was a nice episode. Yeah. It's all the standard for Pokemon. It's just nice, a little bit of nothing every single time. Just like... At this point, if you are watching it to try and get plot progression, you're going to be disappointed like 90% of the time, if not more. If you're watching it for just like the bit of fun and Team Rocket that's in every episode, then you're in for a good time. Pokemon's just for fun. It's not really plot. It's just have fun watching this thing that you like. Yeah, it is fun. That's one thing you can't say about Pokemon. Anything else you want to say? No, I think that's about it. Cool, then we can move on to Mano e Mano. Now it's time for Manoe Mano, where we attempt to compare these episodes. First question, who is your monster of the week and why? The Ladybuzz, because they're just adorable and they're perfect and they're so cute. Even if they're just Ladybuzz in distress throughout the whole episode. It's not even a pun on damsel in distress, it's just lady in distress. I was very tired when I wrote these notes. The Ladybug in distress. I do like how they all just sort of stay together, though. Like little ducklings, almost. And my monster of the week was Deputy Mon, because he's a walking gun with smaller guns and the best voice ever. Yes. Plus he plays cards quite badly. I think Starmon interrupts it before anyone has a chance to really play anything. Yeah, that's how that episode ends, by the way. They just play cards with the ex-villain and the nutter that thinks that men cheat. You know what I just realized? Deputy Mon didn't have a ring, so that means that Deputy Mon just outright, yeah, kidnapped the kids and there was no repercussions for that whatsoever. He just wanted to play cards. But he still just kidnapped the girls and left the guys to rot in prison. I mean, you could look at it as he freed half the group and then played cards with them. Instead of he kidnapped half the group and left the other half behind. 
I mean, I guess. It's a matter of opinion whether you think Deputy Mon's a good guy or a bad guy in this one. We'll say somewhere in the middle. Next question. Now, this is a good one. Who do you think was worse, Ash or Davis? I don't know. They're both kind of silly in these episodes. I am in the middle as well. Like, neither of them did anything particularly bad. Ash didn't use Pokemon when he should have. Like, when... They got captured. He waited way too long to use his Pokemon when he should have. And Davis just kind of did the usual run into danger with Evolved Digimon and no plan at all, which doesn't work. And then it does work because protagonist. Because yay, Flamedramon's a fighter. Ragemon is transport. Most of Davis's offenses this episode are just, I made my Digimon Digivolve twice to fill time. And then Ash was pretty alright, honestly. Like, he was a bit stupid, but that's just Ash anyway. And he did actually try to help. Like, he did come up with the Heracross idea and Pikachu sensing something idea. I mean, I would say personally that I think Davis was a bit worse. It would have definitely been worse if Kari was around. Just like you know for a fact that if Kari was around, it would have been full of just even worse jokes. To be honest, though, the answer to this question every pair of episodes should be Davis, but we have to argue this a little somehow. (laughs) Would you argue that Ash was worse? No, I'll try. I suppose you could argue that Ash did pretty much nothing this whole episode. Except, of course, he zapped off Team Rocket, but he does that every episode anyway, and that's mostly Pikachu's doing. Davis was at least helpful. Ash didn't do quite so much. I'll agree then that Ash was worse, because he was just kind of there and didn't really do too much. Plus, he doesn't know what pollination is. Yes. So, we're agreeing that Ash was worse. Yes. Did you see any notable similarities at all between these episodes? Not really. There were monsters and humans involved. Something got kidnapped. That's about it. That's true. There was kidnapping both of them. There was ladies being kidnapped. Ladies and ladybugs being kidnapped. There were both filler episodes as well. Neither of them really advanced the plot at all. But apart from that, there wasn't really much in common at all. No. There's very little to tie these episodes together. I tried. There's filler characters in both of them as well. I doubt we'll see Ariel and Ladybird again. Or Deputy Mon and Starmon again. I'd be quite pleasantly surprised, honestly, to see Deputy Mon again. Starmon would be okay as well, just like, stood next to him. But... His voice wasn't as funny. Yeah. But were there any notable differences that year you want to mention? Basically everything else. And the fact that Pokemon didn't have a walking, talking, sexist, talking gun. That's true. I don't think Pokemon's, like, shown guns at all. And then Digimon's just, like, literally a gun. The one episode that had a gun doesn't exist anymore. Or wasn't shown to, like, American audiences. Yeah, that's true. And then Digimon's just, like, will literally make... A gun, a whole monster. We'll make a gun, we'll make the devil, we'll make, you know, basically every terrible thing in your nightmares come to life. Yay! Oh yeah, and there were no lunchboxes in Pokemon. Yes, there was no adorable lunchbox in Pokemon. Definitely no lunchboxes. Plus, one thing I want to mention is that Pokemon was just in a forest again as usual, but Digimon kind of mixed up a bit and had this whole Wild West thing going on. They have had desert before, but this whole new saloon bar and graveyard was all new as well. And actually, one thing that is similar between them both is that there's always just tons of plot conveniences, so like, Digimon has stuff where... They just happen to knock down Spire with the bad Digimon, stuff like that. And then Pokemon's just like, Pikachu happens to sense the Ladybird when they're going right by, or the Ladybird happened to be right next to Team Rocket where they crash landed, stuff like that. We don't have time for lack of convenience, so here's all the convenience. But now the final question. Which episode do you think deserves a point, and why? I feel like the, the Digimon one was better, because it was more interesting, it had better humour. The Pokemon episode was kind of just... We met Ladybuzz, and that was it. But it does have Team Rocket. That's true, but every episode has Team Rocket. Yeah, and and Digimon has Deputy Mon, so that kind of balances out there. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree then, honestly. I would give the point to Digimon as well today. They're both kind of enjoyable filler episodes, but... Digimon just cinched it for me. Just with Deputy Mon's voice, basically. Deputy Mon was what reined it in. Deputy Mon's voice and the whole Western setting was cool. It's just sort of more interesting stuff going on than Pokemon, where it was the forest, as usual, with a new bug. We've had bug episodes before with, like, Heracross. Are we settling for Digimon getting the point, then? Yep, I think it's pretty clear, like, Digimon's was better this time. Digimon gets the point there. That makes the score 6-6. Next time, we'll be discussing the 13th episodes, His Master's Voice 
and ignorance is blissy. But if you want to get in touch, just tweet at us, email at us, or jump in our Discord to chat at us as well. And of course, a massive thank you to my lovely co-host for joining me today. Where can people find you? Find me either on my art blog, chisai236 at Tumblr, or on the Moncast Discord. And she makes good art, so definitely go look at it. All the links to our stuff will be in the show notes, including the Moncast Patreon. Big thank you to every one of the patrons in there for supporting the show. It really does help a lot, and you do get lots of cool stuff in there as well, so just give that a look if you like. And yeah, that's pretty much everything this episode, so until next time, bye-bye! Bye! 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 Bye-bye! Okay, this is kind of jumping ahead, but I do feel like it's kind of odd that... Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I do feel like it's a little... <laughs> I can't hear you. I have headphones on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, since the... people are going to listen to this, right? Regardless of what gets edited or not? Yeah. Okay. So for people who are confused, I have a bird. And the bird is chirping. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I forgot what I was yeah. talking about. Pierre the bird whistles a lot. Yes. I think he's good. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna be real here. The start of this episode wasn't great. Kidding. It was fine. I liked the episode. (laughs) I thought it had good humor. I'm just trying to make puns. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't catch the star joke. Dang it. Okay. Okay. Let me redo it. You don't need to redo it. No, 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 We need to make sure we do this right. Hold on. <laughs> you need your bad puns to be bad enough. Yes. I made two puns, and I think I went too fast with it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I tried. There we go. There Uh-oh. we go. Uh-oh, bird. Bird hears you. Burp. 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 Um, so... <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Pierre's on a roll. And um, so. <laughs> Thankfully, you can just silence my audio while you're talking. <laughs> it's fine. I don't even know what that sound was. It was not the transition sound. <laughs> my sister's come in. Hello. My sister's gone again. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> so Vipers. Try to think of other Pokemon that end with S. Uh. It's a fun game. Uh, ooh, let's see. Pokemon that end in S. Uh, uh. Electro, Diglett, Nidoran, Mickey, what is it? <laughs> wow. Poke your up. I just started mumbling to try to remember the names. <laughs> Oh, like Star You would be Star Yous. <laughs> star Yous. Star Mees. Star Yous <laughs> and Star Mees. Uh, Gyaradoses. Oh, yeah. Cabutopses and Gyaradoses. <laughs> Pikachuses. <laughs> Pikachuses. I think it would be, even, it'd be better if we just changed it to, like, you know, cactus and cacti. Yeah. It's like Pikachu and Pikachai. <laughs> Pikachu and Pikachai. <laughs> Ladybird and Ladyby. <laughs> Cacnea and Cacnei. <laughs> <laughs>